Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Baer, and we provide two updates each week, premiering on Sunday at 1 p.m. and then Wednesday at 11 a.m. Um, the title of my message today is, Will the Antichrist Be a Muslim? As the name of our podcast implies, our podcasts typically have a prophecy thread. We love answering questions, particularly those questions having to do with Bible prophecy. If you have a question, or also if you have an idea for one of our future topics, like today's, uh, just send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be glad not only to answer you, but like today, the topic that we have today came from one of the questions that we received. So let's get started in our discussion. Again, the topic of my message today is, will the Antichrist be a Muslim? Now, for those of you that follow this podcast regularly, you'll notice that this update will be a, a little bit different. As much as I try to stick to what the Bible has to say and avoid um, the commentaries on the news, what we read in the newspaper, current events, the leaders or public figures uh, that are contemporary, um, from time to time we have to be able to take a look at what's going on in the world and say, how does this fit into Bible prophecy? Of course, taking what the Bible has to say as the gospel truth and seeing if some of these other things, these other things that we're seeing develop around the world um, are interesting, if they happen to fit. Now, at the same time, I also have told you that to send in your questions, and we received a number of questions regarding Islam. Um, Islam in the end times, if the false prophet could be a Muslim, uh, if the Catholic Church would be merging with Islam at some time in the tribulation. These are all interesting questions, and I've answered all of them. And, and this one, will the Antichrist be a Muslim, is one that I thought merited a special segment. So allow me to preface this teaching today with a caveat that the only reliable source of eschatology of what is going to happen in the future is the Bible. The, only the Lord knows the beginning from the end, and only the Lord can tell us with 100% accuracy those things that um, have not yet occurred. The Bible is the only inspired text. I'll, I'll reference some things today from the Quran and the Sunnah. These are the holy books of Islam. Uh, the Quran, by the way, happens to supposedly be the word of Allah, but more likely it's the word, word of, of demons or even of Satan. So when I quote information from the Islamic texts, I'm only going to tell you what they believe, not necessarily what is the truth. And of course, it only aligns with the Bible when it's taking the Bible as a source. So here's the spoiler alert. Islamic eschatology, uh, that's the end time expectations based on supposed Islamic prophecies, are the, get this, the negative image of what the Bible has to say about the end times. 
You know, just like a photograph has a photograph has an Im, uh, a negative. Now, for those of you that are less than 40 years old, maybe you don't know what a negative is. But when you take a photograph with film, it has a negative image. It's the polar opposite. Uh, modern photography, of course, uses digital imagery, imaging. They don't use film. So, again, I'm using a term that goes back a few years. But here's the analogy. Uh, many are saying that if you line up what the Muslims are looking for regarding the final imam and the coming of their Islamic kingdom, and you compare that to what the Bible has to say about the Antichrist, the workings of the false prophet, as well as the battles, and even the time frame that's given in the Bible, it's shocking to see how often it aligns. Of course, this type of comparison is really not that new. When we take a look at cultures, uh, we often find that they have, uh, they have a religion or they have a mythology that closely aligns with what's, what's talked about in the Bible. For example, many cultures have a creation myth um, that have some elements of what the Bible teaches. Uh, many cultures have a story about a, a flood, a worldwide flood. Uh, an ancient Sumerian legend has about Sargon the Great, who's an early ruler of a Sumerian city-states, was, get this, was placed in a reed basket and sent down the river by his mother. He was rescued by Aki, a prince who was then adopted him as his own son. Well, for those of you that have read um, that have read the Bible, understand that this is, this is very similar to the story of, Me of Moses in the book of Exodus. Now, these comparisons are not because the Bible borrowed from these cultures, but understand that likely the Bible is actually the source, even though some of these traditions are said to date prior to the Bible. Okay, and here's another possibility, is that we have the working of Satan, who wants to deceive. And what better way for Satan to deceive than to be able to plant some of these stories in some of these cultures in order to deceive the people? It could be exactly what the Apostle Paul calls uh, the doctrines of demons. Um, so now that I've gone through some caveats, and I want you to understand that as an evangelical pastor, I believe uh, the Bible. <laughs> as, my, as, my, uh, as my seminary professor, you want to believe the Bible from the index all the way through the concordance, all the way through, all the way through maps. So first of all, let's, let me reference some material from a few well-known conservative Christian scholars. I did a little bit of research, and, and I found that there were a number of people that, that we likely know, that I appreciate, uh, that have done papers, have done research talking about uh, the, the correlation between Islamic eschatology and what the Bible has to say about the end times. Now, some of these scholars include, for example, Dr. Michael Youssef, who is the senior pastor at the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, Georgia. He's also the, the host of the television program, Leading the Way. We have one of my favorites, Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church and host of the media ministry, Grace to You. And then finally, there is a scholar and best-selling author, Joel Richardson, who actually wrote a, a best-selling book called The Islamic Antichrist. Now, these three individuals, all highly respected and Bible-believing evangelical Christians, 
basically agree that there's an, an alignment between what we read about Islam and what the Bible has to say with the end times. This connection between the Antichrist of the Bible and the Mahdi, for example, of Islam. For example, and I'll just give you some examples from these, these authors. Here's a quote from Michael Youssef in his book, The End Times and the Secret of the Mahdi. Uh, Michael Youssef says, Christians know him as the Antichrist, Sunni Muslims know him as the Muslim Christ, and Shiite Muslims know him as the Mahdi. Now here's a quote from Dr. John MacArthur. He says, the holy writings, now this is the Quran and the Sunnah, Say this, the Mahdi will come riding on a white horse. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? And it even says in their writings, it quotes Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Remember, by the time Muhammad was around, this was 500 years after Jesus Christ, after the New Testament was already published. So they already had access to Revelation chapter 1 and 2. We know that Revelation chapter 1 and 2 is a revelation of the Antichrist, and they assign it to the Mahdi their last imam. MacArthur then goes on and says, Saddam Hussein, by the way, painted murals of this Mahdi on a white horse all over Baghdad, and he comes carrying a sword to kill the infidels. Here's a short quote from Joel Richardson. His book, by the way, is fascinating. I don't necessarily um, endorse the book, but it is, it is very interesting, and uh, he's done a great job of, of collecting a lot of information. And this is what he quotes. This is from the prophet Muhammad. He says, The Mahdi will fill the earth with equity and justice as it was filled with oppression and tyranny, and he will rule, and here's the key, for seven years. In Islam, they expect that their coming Messiah, the Mahdi, the last Imam, will rule for seven years. And of course, this correlates exactly with what the Bible talks about, the uh, Daniel's 70th week, the seven, the seven years of the tribulation. Now, it makes little difference when I read these things um, or, or study these things. It makes little difference whether they, are, they will actually happen or it's just a coincidence uh, that they're, they're somewhat aligned with the Bible, um, or it's the work of Satan. Um, what, why it doesn't make any difference is, what makes a difference is that there's 1.5 billion Muslims that basically believe this. And Joel Richardson and John MacArthur both said that the Muslims are much more in tune with what's called eschatology than we as Christians. Many Christians have never heard a sermon on the end times and never heard about the tribulation. That's why I, I teach it all the time. I feel I'm compelled to be able to share this with as many people as possible because Jesus said that we are to be waiting for his return. Now let's look at what the prophet Daniel has to say regarding the Antichrist, some clues that we get um, from Daniel. And I have a couple of them here. One is um, from Daniel chapter 7, uh, when Daniel's referring to the little horn. He says this, he says, and then 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings that shall arise and another shall arise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he, subdue, he will subdue three kings. And he, that's the Antichrist, shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints in the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time, times and half a time. 
So this is, if you're not familiar with this, let me give you a little reference what Daniel's speaking of here. Um, this end times ruler, Daniel says, is not one of the 10, there's 10 horns, but he's not one of the 10th. He's actually the 11th. And this 11th end time ruler subdues three of them. And then in verse 25, it says, he thinks or he intends to change times and law. And that's the key here I want to talk about, times and law. So here's the possible Islamic connection. This is the year, what, 2024. It's January as I'm doing this right now, 2024. Um, but it's 2024 AD uh, in referencing uh, Jesus, in referencing uh, the, the year of the, the Lord. If you were in a Muslim land, it would not be 2024. It would be the year 1445. Based on the Islamic calendar, which is based on 12 months of 30, 30 days, and when Islam comes to rule in a country, they change the calendar. They change the times. Instead of 2024, it would be 1445. So Daniel says he's going to come and change. He intends to change times, meaning the calendar possibly, and laws. Okay, most people understand that under Islam, there is a specific law. It's not like our law, like our common law. It's called Sharia. And Sharia is just a word for Islamic law. It's a core belief, however, of the faith uh, from the Quran. And it is instituted wherever Islam is dominant. Here's another connection from the prophet Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, it says this. He says, and after three score and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end, therefore, shall be with the flood. So, Again, those that aren't familiar with these words of Daniel, who Daniel is talking about, he's giving a prophecy of the coming destruction of the city of Jerusalem and the temple. And Jesus spoke of this as well, and it actually happened in 70 AD. And then Daniel tells us that it's the people of the prince that will come. That is, the Antichrist will be of the same people that destroyed the city and the temple. And we know that that was, uh, that was, that was Titus, the general who ended up becoming uh, emperor of Rome, that was the one that was in charge when the city of Jerusalem was destroyed. And this is the reason why we often think that this Antichrist will come from, the, from Europe, from the revived Roman Empire. Well, remember, friends, that the Roman Empire had two legs. In fact, that's Daniel, what Daniel saw. The east as well as the west. Now, the eastern part of the empire was headquartered in Constantinople. Constantinople is not on the map. It's now called Istanbul, which is in modern-day city of Turkey, which is, of course, a Muslim-ruled land. In fact, if you take a look at a map of the Roman Empire at its furthest extent, more than 50% of what we know as the Roman Empire is presently in Muslim hands. Okay, so here's the final correlation that I think I'm, that I'm going to give you. You actually can find, if you research uh, either these books or some of these people that I've quoted or do some research on your own, you'll find dozens of other possible correlations. But the final correlation I'm going to give to you is from the book of Revelation itself. Revelation chapter 17, um, uh, verses 9 to 11 is what it says. It says, here is the mind which has wisdom. 
The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other one is not yet to come. And when he comes, he must continue for a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven is going to perdition. Now, those are a lot of numbers, but again, let me explain it to you in simple language. Uh, we've often heard of these, these seven mountains on which the, the woman sits, and people believe it's a reference to Rome. But then it goes on and it says, it also says the seven are seven kings or kingdoms. Five have fallen, likely referring to the five empire world empires before john's day which would be egypt assyria babylon medo persia and greece and those are all right out of the bible those those five the one that is would re would refer to rome rome was the emperor empire at the time when john was writing the book of revelation and it says and there would be a seventh one that was to come. Well, who was the seventh? Well, again, many scholars, and I'm included with them, have always looked to revive Roman Empire, but could it have been the Ottoman or the Turk Empire? You see, the Ottoman Empire lasted um, from the time, oh my goodness, the time of the, the Crusades, the time when, when the Byzantine Empire, when Rome was still there, it conquered the Byzantine Empire. It lasted over 500 years, and it didn't fall until the, the 20th century, 1922, after World War I. It lasted, and 1922 is just 100 years ago. So this speculate again speculation one of these correlations it could very well be that the the book of revelation in the seventh that is to come actually is referring to the ottoman empire so my friends i want you to take a deep breath and relax because what do we take away from this well we should find it interesting. I think anytime we take a look at eschatology and we take a look at what the Bible has to say and we compare it to modern culture or, for example, what it says in Islam, um, it should challenge us. It should challenge us to dig into the scriptures, to be able to know our Bible very, very well, and to be able to pray so that God is giving us wisdom, uh, giving us an, an, the proper and, and appropriate interpretation. Also, I want to leave you with this, and that is the, the good news is that the word of God is the gospel truth. And the gospel truth is, is that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, the one that is sitting at the right hand of God, will return. And he'll return at the end of the tribulation period, and Jesus himself will destroy not only the Antichrist, but the the armies of the Antichrist, and he'll actually take the Antichrist and the false prophet and throw them both into the lake of fire. You know, Jesus said, do not be deceived. There, there will be false prophets and even those who claim to be the Christ. But again, Jesus says, do not be deceived. Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for his bride. Let's go ahead and pray. So Father God, we wanna thank you, Lord, uh, for, for being so good to us. We thank you, Lord, for this, this teaching, this brief teaching and the alignment that we see. We just pray, Lord, that we can be a powerful witness to those who follow the teachings of Islam. We also pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's so well, so much connected to what we're talking about today. We give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' precious name.
Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.